Back in the 70s, board games and improv theater had a baby, and it was called the role-playing game. These games allowed a generation of kids to live out their dreams of slaying dragons and saving kingdoms, all while sitting in their bedrooms and basements. Today, gaming has moved into the cultural mainstream, and role-playing games are back with a vengeance. Join us now as five of these former kids come out of the basement and onto the internet to experience adventure, mystery, and obscure pop culture references. It's time for Roll for Combat. Hey there, welcome to Roll for Combat. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker. And in this week's show, the boys continue their adventures in academia, where they continue to hit the books, or they start cracking skulls and taking names. Find out this week. Also this week, we have guests on the show. If you remember a few weeks ago, we had Jason Keeley and Rob Tremarco. Well, they're joining us again this show as NPCs. And I have to say that playing with live NPCs has made the adventures go in really strange, unique directions. And this week is no exception. And in fact, that's what I'm going to be talking about this week in my GM tips is how to play with live NPCs. I've actually done it a few times before the podcast, and I will tell you that it is quite an adventure, and it makes the games go in really strange directions. And it's quite liberating, in fact. I'll talk about that more. We also have more about the PaizoCon contest. That's right. We're giving out a free trip to PaizoCon. We're going to give you airfare, hotel a ticket, a ticket to the banquet, and you get to play a private Pathfinder version 2 playtest with a Paizo dev and us. So, listen to the show for more details on that. In addition, we have a brand new announcement. That's right. People have asked for this, and it's going to happen. We are going to be starting to record some new shows. That's right. We are going to actually start recording starfinder society shows and if you like the team that you hear on this show well guess what it's the same team that's going to be recording the very first starfinder society show it's going to have everyone you hear on the show today including jason keely and rob tremarco with myself gming we're going to be playing brand new characters we're going to be using the starfinder society rules so we're going to be recording the show this week, and then we're going to post it a few weeks later. The exact format is, I'm not sure how we're going to do this. Actually, what we're probably going to do is either put on the entire episode, that's right, all like three to four hours as one big episode, or we might cut it in half. I'm still determining. I want to see how it comes out during recording, and then we'll determine it. And what does that mean for the adventure path? It means absolutely nothing. The Adventure Path will continue, as always. We'll continue to release an episode every single week. And what we expect to do is, like, every four to six weeks or so, we're going to release a Starfinder Society episode. And the people in the Starfinder Society episode can be random. Right now, it'll probably always be the core four. 
including myself. And then we might have like two other random people. For now, it's Jason Keeley and Rob Tremarco. It might continue to be them. It might be other people. We're still figuring it out. But that's the advantage of Starfinder societies that we can play with as few as three people and as many as seven. Although to keep my sanity, I'll probably keep it from four to six. No more than six. Although you can do seven. I think that's what drive me insane. And as for the adventures we're going to actually be running, that I'm not exactly sure. We're still figuring this out. We're definitely going to be running the core adventures for the Year of Scoured Stars. There's a couple of core adventures in there, specifically adventures 1-5, 1-11, 1-13, 1-17, and then the Origin Special. So we're definitely going to run those, but those also mean your characters have to be much higher level. I think they have to get up to level 5. So, to get up to level 5, we're going to have to run a whole bunch of other adventures. So those of you who have wanted to listen to Starfinder Society, or wanted to listen to a Starfinder podcast that was not just Dead Sons, because a lot of people don't want to hear just Dead Sons, congratulations, you are in luck. Once again, they're making brand new characters, everyone's running something completely different, really weird stuff I'm seeing from these guys, they're talking about bizarre concepts... And Jason Keeley and Rob are also coming up with weird characters. So it's going to be a whole new show. And look for that soon. It's going to be on the same podcast feed. We're just going to probably release the show on a different day. So figure this show comes out on Tuesday. We'll probably release the Starfinder Society show like on a Wednesday or Thursday. Again, we're still kind of figuring this out. But I just wanted to announce that. Once again, also check out the t-shirts. We just added a whole bunch of shirts on the site. Custom sizes, colors, they got front, they got backs, they got sides, tops, middle, bottoms, you name it. They're shirts. And with that, let's get into the show. So everyone, welcome back to Roll for Combat. We have a special guest, actually two special guests today. We have Jason Keeley from Paizo, the Starfinder developer. And we have our friend and Jason's Rob Tremarco, who used to play Pathfinder with Chris and Bob and his friends with Jason. And we all just sort of know each other through the great geekdom of life. And these guys are going to come and mess up the group royally. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Can we attack their characters? Bob Marquis is playing the human envoy, Rusty Carter. It's the Circle of Nerd. It is the Circle of Nerd. What did you say, Bob? I'm wondering when can we attack their characters? I mean, I know they're just introducing themselves, but we should be able to attack them by now, right? Uh, Well, you actually don't see them yet. This is sort of like the pregame show, but as soon as you see them, go for it. All I need to know is where they are. John Stats is playing the Vesk soldier, Mo Dupinski. You guys are going to be in so much trouble. Bring it. So last we left off, you guys just made the whole thing with Albin's 21-2 disappear. You made him apologize. He decided to help you with your research. Well, Holly is very happy with you, and he was going to need about eight hours to sort of compile the research, and that's where we last left off. Now, you actually got here. It's actually very early in the morning, so by the time the research is done, it'll be later in the afternoon, so you still have the full day ahead of you. 
don't know if there's anything you want to do while you're in the beautiful Quarbarth University. Uh, how long did we expect to be here? Um, is there, do we have rooms at all? Um, I think you could probably crash with Hiroji because he has family here. You could just, you know, go to his place, right? Well, I had a sort of a checkered past here and not much family. Like my family was, was killed. Chris Beamer is playing the Lashunta operative, Hiroji. You, you I, had a, I, I had a mentor. All right. You would know where uh, celebrities would be able to stay. Uh, from uh, we're apparently celebrities from a reality show back on uh, the station, and uh, you know, I want to protect my uh, my 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 identity a little bit. Well, Woolhalls, who's your like boy Friday, is like, oh, oh no, we we have accommodations for you here at the university, the finest student dorm housing possible. Oh, so that's perfect then. Uh, yeah. Well, either way, um, there's you a bunk. Me to stay in a dorm room? Well, don't you know who I am? Yeah, Yes, yes, yes. We thought you'd want to mingle with the people, sort of get a feel for your hometown, sort of like you know, become one with those that you've been uh, away from for so long. Mm, that's true. I have to live with the natives. Oh, brother. Oh. Well, well, for you, uh, Rusty, we, we heard about your uh, um, special needs, so we put you with the, uh, the human quarter. Oh, thank God. You know, those humans are, are just so picky, you know? He says that to uh, everyone else using telepathy, by the way, except for Rusty. <laughs> and uh, Mo is going to assume that the, uh, the Vesk uh, uh, conclave there in the government's quarters, that's, that's where the government uh, section of the city to run the place. Oh, no, no. The Vesk are actually over there near the garbage dump. They seem to like the smell. Oh, please, please. <laughs> Um, wait, so we, so this guy's doing the research for us, right? Like he's doing, like, we're supposed to come back to him in eight hours. He's interpreting these runes, uh, as, and he's got to cross check it with, uh, historical records or something like that. But it's going to take eight hours for us to get into trouble. He's going to run it through space. Google translate, please. Well, Zan had all of his original archives, um, stored here at the university and he needed to have access to the restrictive collections and he didn't have access until you helped him out so now he has access he's going to kind of go through and figure out what is what and see if he can actually help you out with some of these translations that guy's a character too the big brain guy the big brain Uh, i don't mind what taking a little stroll around the uh, university walking around see what's up cool i'm in you know, you don't really have to do anything directly. It's more like if you want to buy or sell anything, if you want to take some sites. I mean, you guys really aren't on the clock. I mean, this is actually what you were sent here to do. So, you know, you guys can just do the magic eight hours pass if you want to as well. That's fine. Yeah, Mo is looking to lay down somewhere. So Tuttle's going to go find a place to calibrate various things. I don't know. Jason McDonald is playing the Yasoki mechanic Tuttle Blacktail and his drone Cheddar. And, I, and I'll spend like the next few hours wandering around the campus and checking it out, coming back after a few hours. Uh, I wouldn't mind literally casing the joint. I'll walk around the uh, campus as well, but I'm actually looking for sort of like, well, wh- where's the money? Uh, where, <laughs> where's the administration building? Where would actually be uh, the, the Bursar's per- office? Yeah. You are quite the thief. 
I have never admitted to such thing. So you guys walk around again. This is an absolute beautiful university. It is. It's warm. It's green everywhere. There's Lashanta everywhere you see. The occasional human, a few elves. But Rusty feels incredibly uncomfortable. Mo is too oblivious to know anything. Tuttle's too busy calibrating. And Hiroji just likes it because he's finally yeah. back with his people. It's nice. Um, unfortunately for Rusty, the Lushunta seem to be pretty smart and savvy. And they definitely have their protocols up to snuff when it comes to money. And also everything's electronic anyhow. So unless you have one of your computer friends come with you, you're, uh, you're really going to be looking at like you know stealing petty change here. Well, I suppose the other thing would be to make friends with someone at the bursar's office so that they can transfer it to me. We're going to have to have a side adventure. We're going to have to have like a subplot just for you this. You have eight hours. <laughs> yeah, good point. Oh, well. Come on, let's let our, our friends here play. So let's just wave it. So eight hours go by. You guys all take the sights and sounds. Mo has another nap. He has a couple of the pastries at the uh, at the quad. Tuttle comes up with some new elements and, you know, everyone else is having a good time. So you show up and do you go see Albans? Do you see Mahali? Yes. Let's do that. Great. Which one? Uh, what's, I'm sorry. The name of the... Um... The guy who was doing the translation, the brain dude. Um, yeah. The contemplative was Albans 21-2. Right. Let's and go then see. Mahali is the professor who runs to the park. Let's go talk to Albans. Okay. So you guys go up to Albin's office, and he's floating there, and he obviously was expecting you, and he's like, hmm, right on time, I see. Well, 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 uh, hmm, uh, hmm, uh, this is uh, almost a little embarrassing. I'm not used to what is this thing that you do often. Oh, that's right, failure. Um, it seems there's been some... Items missing in the documentations of Zahn. I'm not exactly sure what happened to them. It's like they were erased from the records. I remember there was uh, many more items in the database, but they seem to mysteriously have been, I don't know, either checked out or erased. My memory must be perfect. It can't be me. It has to be the computer. I must be correct. Oh, good lord. It's almost like someone doesn't want us to know this. Well, well, anyhow, yes, I, I did co- put together a very uh, nice uh, compilation of everything I could find, and I will put it onto your computers so you may access it whenever you wish. Um, who you really should talk to is perhaps Maholi. Maybe she has had more success in translating some of the symbols that we discovered. But as for Zahn's records, here, I will give you what we have. Excellent. So he puts it, he downloads it into our pads. Yes, and I will give it to you in a second. So let's go to the handout. So there you go. Here they come. uh, I gave you some handouts. The guests, if you want to go to the handouts, you can see them too. And since this is radio, you might want to read what you see instead of staring at it silently for 10 minutes well bob's a great reader i vote he reads this uh <laughs> jason never speaks enough and we all love hearing his voice go for it oh, i have a witch jason <laughs> very good uh, i i meant jason who plays dr tuttle but actually either would be very welcome no 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 i you don't have to read it all but you can give sort of the 
the abbreviated version, if you wish. Okay, so we have something that the a book called the Pyramid People of Ukilam by Halkazim Zan, daring adventurer and renowned archaeologist. So the cover's kind of in a loosely Indiana Jones's sensationalist style. So we have a handwritten note the, under the heading of wildlife. Uh, Castrovel crawls with vermin and beasts of all kinds. Thunder-bellied behemoths clear paths through the jungle while bellowing madly. More vexing, though, are what we've come to call sting bats, some hellish cross of monkey, bat, and scorpion that travel in troops and harass us regularly. I fought one off as it attacked a porter and shot another as it fled, and from then on they targeted me. It's as if they can sense strength yet resent it. Dun-dun-dun... So overall, you know that this is actually almost a travel journal when he went to Ukalam and found some pyramid, the pyramid people, if you will. And this actually, some of the symbols were referenced within this book. And this was some of the more pertinent items that um, Albans felt that would be useful to you. One question about um, the big brain's errors. Is he saying that there are other pages he can't find or that there might have been like information that led him to get this wrong? Is it possible these are mistranslations? Uh, no. You see, we had many more documents as uh, Zahn had all of his original documentation and information stored here in the restrictive database. Notes and facts that no one else has ever seen. They are gone which is very vexing, as I know it was in there. I know I haven't seen it for many a year, but I'm confident that it was in there before. So why and how they disappeared is quite mysterious. I see all sorts of uh, writings in the margins. Hmm. Yes, yes, these are his original notes. If you download the book now, it is, of course, perfectly formatted and boring. This is much more exciting, as this is his actual handwritten notes. And as you can see, he was quite a sloppy writer. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll go on to page two then, and someone else can take page three after that. Oh, it's like we're at Passover and everyone's reading a page. It is Passover. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, first, I'd like to take the bitter herb. And then I'd like to complain about the gefilte fish. All right. Um, all right. Page two. The rune obelisk. A dramatic spire barely rising above the tree line was the first of our great landmarks. Each side of it was once engraved with untold wisdom, but only the shattered runes. Oops, sorry. Sheltered runes near the base have survived the ages. The plants here grow thicker, as if feeding upon some gifts left by the ancient elves. Sacrifices of flesh and blood, no doubt. And I think the key word in here is ancient elves. Plague Warden. This massive stone figure is a reclining elven form covered in weathered boils. I suspect it is an effigy that served ritual purposes, such as absorbing the illness of some great king so he might live forever. Hakim Zan. And there's all sorts of stuff I can't really read in the margins, though. It's interesting. Yeah, it looks like this book is basically uh, just a note of... Uh travel notes like there's stains on it yeah it's cool uh it's 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 kind of cool uh the page i'm looking at is called the stairs to eternity and i believe there's only two more pages it says uh from the forsaken city rises a staggering weathered staircase carved into the mountain beyond 
evoking mystical contemplation in all who would climb it. Uh, beyond stands a great temple whose haunted guardians feasted upon my comrades, forcing us to flee the savage sentinels. Okay, that beyond stands a great temple whose haunted guardians feasted upon my comrades. Boy, no, uh, no, uh, no. Ex- yeah, no beating around the bush there. Yeah. Yeah. No, no explanation there. It kind of just, he just moved on. Okay, he's moving on to the next thing. All right, it's, so. It's, 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 it's <laughs> there they go. There it's goes a, his comrades. It's definitely a haunt. <laughs> and I'll, I'll do the last one. I'll, I'll do it with a little more panache this time. <laughs> the Forsaken City. The city of the foothills is a forest of small pyramids overgrown with vines. As with the funerary monuments of lost Osirian, it might be that this was not a place of the living, but a realm of the dead. Initial excavations uncovered multiple stone tiers of fine architecture, displaying skill truly more advanced than the builders' primitive contemporaries. Dun dun dun! Alright. I'm doing the jungle sounds. I see. Yes, you did that great. Anyhow, Albans says, yes, yes, uh, Mohali was helping me with the runes. Perhaps she could be of more use to you. In the margins, it also says, toss me the idol, I'll throw you the whip. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, this, 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 uh, Mohali, is that her name? Uh, she might know where this is. Sure. Yeah, let's go talk to her. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are regulars here. And she looks up from her computer and waves you all in. And she looks at you and she says, Well, I was looking at the language records that you found in the Drift Rock, and I was able to recognize them. They belong to a non-elven language group found in association with a few known elven sites on the continent of Ukalam in the West. However... The one who would know the most about this would be Dr. Solstarni. She is by far the most researched in this field and was planning a trip to this very area in a few months' time. But something happened. I tried to contact her, and I haven't been able to get in touch with her today. And I got in touch with her friends and family, and they haven't seen her either. I am still busy with many of the reporters and putting that to rest. So if you would be helpful, she has a key card. She like sort of hands to you. She says, can you go check on her? This will allow you to enter her office and see if she's there. I hope something didn't happen to her. Mo says, Mo takes the key card and he turns to the group and says, guys, this key card could be a clue. You're right, Mo. Very very good job, Mo. Astute, as always, Mo. That vest inside at work. (laughs) And if you do find anything like foul play, uh, do let me know right away, as I am worried this is very unlike her. Also, do we know the fate of of this uh, Halkum Zan? Like, what, what happened to him? Oh, he died like 200 years ago. Oh, okay. So this is quite old. Right. Well, he made it back with his notes. I mean, but was survived. it murder? 
Murder most foul. Uh, no, he actually is very popular. He would he would do a lot of pulp writing, a lot of pulp exploration. But it's hard to know how much of this was him just bragging and trying to sell novels, and how much of this was true archaeology. It was very fuzzy. That's why you're hoping that you would get the original notes because this might be a little bit more accurate because his books are probably ninety percent fluff. Right. All right, so let's go check up, take a look at her office. Well, yeah, let's. And Professor Mahali, I am going to ask. Uh, yes, the greatest expert is not available, and we'll go visit her office. Do you have a second greatest expert? This is a large university. No, as she had a very specialized field. She was an archaeologist specializing in archaeoastronomic validation, the study of how ancient cultures viewed the cosmos and expressed those observations in their architects, artifacts, and writings. Those type of people don't exactly grow on trees. Or get jobs outside of academia. Exactly. Mo almost went into that. (laughs) (laughs) If you, in fact, know someone else who is interested in that field and has studied it, please let us know, as we might have an opening very soon. At Starbucks. Ha! (laughs) Well, if this mercenary gig doesn't work out, I'll give it a shot. Well, I have some background on it, it, but... uh... My bluff of 18 is probably not going to convince her. She's like, oh, if you do, please send me all your academic papers and published manuscripts. I'd be very curious to see what research you've published. They want your CV. Yeah, see, if I had gotten a bluff of 30, she would have hired me on the spot. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see your CV, too, actually. Oh, I'll be certain to send it to you. You'll have it by tonight. Excellent. (laughs) Tuttle's a little too busy with real science. Thanks. (laughs) He has real real degrees. He's actually, this is all like below him. So do you go to Solstarney's office? Yes. Yeah. Is that in the same, well, we'll call it the same building. So you go to the office, the door is locked. You have the key card. You can probably open it if you wish. Uh, How strong does the door look? (laughs) Hicks, run a bypass. You have the key. You've been given permission. It's heavy wood composite and it's locked electronically. We have the key. Let us yeah. enter. Composite's pretty uh, flimsy, I think. Well, we'll try the key. Let's try the key. You know, she did give you the key card and it is a clue. So you might want to use your first to, clue. To, to a Vesk, everything is a nail. Yeah. Yeah. And he is a hammer. Yeah. You use the <laughs> key card and surprise, surprise, it actually opens up the door. The office is in disarray, with cabinet doors ajar, several stone artifacts scattered across the floor from open archival drawers, and a traveling bag open and half-packed. The computer on the desk at the far end of the room is dark, but the diode at its base blinks regularly. Um, are they with us? Who's they? They, as in everyone who isn't us. No. No, it's just you guys right now. Oh. Oh, yeah, we searched the place. I'm going to start by taking a look at the computer. Okay, as you start to go through the office, Maholi actually shows up, and she is accommodated by two fellow Lashuntas. And she looks in, and she said, Ah, I knew it. It was so unlike her to disappear. She's like, let me introduce you to... Mo is going to make sure to uh, check out the trash in case there's any... uh clues in the garbage go through every piece mo every single piece sniff it 
look at it closely. We call that in the business, we call that dumpster diving. Yeah, that's what we're doing. All right, there we go. Sorry, I had a, I had a computer issue there. Mahuli says, I brought over some detectives from the university and the local Quarbarth city. They can help you out as well, as this looks like it has become perhaps a missing persons case. And she looks and introduces, that's you guys, Jason and Rob. Mm-hmm. Name's Detective Lasco. This is my partner, Detective, the heck was your name? Nahuka. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. Missing persons, huh? Detective, detective. Oh. Well, it looks like, yeah, she might be missing. Yeah, we don't know her. We just got here, so it's not us. We just arrived here like eight hours ago. Um, we were on a, a, a starship. Mm, there's, it wasn't us. <laughs> I know it looks All right, bad. I guess that means they're not guilty. All right, bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough for me. I'm out of here. <laughs> I know it looks bad. We have a Vesk with us, but he's tame. He does everything we say. Don't worry about it. I like his hat. We'll, we'll, we'll get you a hat, Meats. <laughs> One day I'm going to get a hat. <laughs> so you're you're here to investigate her disappearance, I presume. That's right. Are you from the police? That's right. We're from Cabarad PD. Okay. Well, did we find anything before these guys showed up? Or there was a... Yeah, you started to do a little bit of preliminary searching. And you can actually give me... Um, what were you guys doing again? I think... Uh, Mo was looking through the garbage. Tuttle was checking out the computer. Tuttle was going to mess with the computer. That's how he rolls. Okay. Tuttle can give me a computer check. Um, Mo can give me a perception check. Plus one. Okay. Are you going to roll? Uh, seven for 19 out in Tuttle's computers check. Okay. So when you looked in the garbage, you actually do find something semi-interesting. It looks oh. like the garbage is a couple of days old, and you do see some food stuff in there, and it looks like it hasn't been emptied in several days. As for the computer, the computer was in sleep mode, but of course you just interact with the controls and bring in the login screen. You uh, you do try to hack it with your 19 computers, and you successfully trigger the one-hour lockout countermeasure. Good job. Okay. However, the detectives can probably do something about that. Yeah, I'm going to walk out and... Wait, 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 wait. Rusty, are you going to do anything uh, while, while we're doing this? Well, the metagame response is Rusty is trying to look useful since he has absolutely no investigative skills. But the answer that comes out of his mouth is, I'm taking surveillance of the scene because I know I'm going to be able to spot something the rest of you can't. Just do what you're doing. And officers, you know, I'm the leader of this group uh, and we're, our services are completely at your disposal. So if you need anything, you just talk to me first. I uh, I think Lasco's got uh, some uh, clearance. He got some clearance. Maybe he can do some uh, computering on that. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's close enough. For those of you who missed it, Rusty rolled a fourteen on his uh, bluff to uh, pass himself off as uh, the leader of the group. So yeah, I'm gonna re-roll that though because well, I can is, do that. He is the our captain, so there is and that. And also, I have the option of re-rolling. So and a thirty uh, bluff is the new one. There we go. Ah, uh, there we go. Oh, this guy's important. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's in charge. Yep, he got a big neon arrow pointing to his face. It must be the guy who's in charge. If it turns out that these uh, these four aren't trustworthy, we know who, who the leader of the group is then. 
Exactly. Hey, I'm kind of actually cool with the Rusty identifying himself as the leader because they don't haul him That's off to jail. Right. Yeah. But anyway, officers, yeah. since you're since you're like the duly designated constabulary or whatever, perhaps you can help with this computer. Sure thing. Let me give it a try. I guess I'll roll a skill check. And Tuttle, why don't you assist him? You know, give him some help. I will roll to assist the guy who just you know lockout. I'm an yeah. Can you do you that? Know, I'm, a, I'm a computer expert, you know. But yeah. I, I don't think Tuttle can assist if he failed oh, on a Okay, well, if I can't, then check. Well, okay, Chris, if you can do it, though. That's you okay. can tell him what he did wrong. Yeah, that's true. That's Jim's discretion, I think. Well, Learn you know from what? my mistake. You know, Lasko, who, you know, is a competent Lashunta, he rolls a 25 in computers. I give him a plus two. Then you give him a plus two. You supervise <laughs> him. Yeah. Um you know, good job there. C colon backslash. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you were easily able to hack it. Although secretly you had like, you know, police access. So you could have like just gone in. But you were showing <laughs> sure. off a little. Yeah, a little you're bit. like, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just that good. Circle of nerds. And what Chris really told him is you forgot to hit enter. Just hit enter. Okay. <laughs> So the one-hour lockout has been wiped out, and now you have full access to the computer, thanks to the police. Because if it wasn't for them, you guys would have been, I don't know, not doing yeah. so well. Good thing you had them here. Always like to see the police as a law-abiding citizen myself. Yes, I'm a good friend of law enforcement everywhere. So there's nothing in the trash, correct? No, no, I said... I, did you miss what I said, Joe? No, no, well, that, well food, I mean, food, loss is a food. terrible thing, I tell you. Memento. So, yes, there was food in there. There was some food. There was some notes of nothing that was important. And the food, you can tell, was several days old. Okay. Either the cleaning staff isn't very good, or she eats really old food. Okay, Or so... she's missing, so... Detectives. Oh, there's that possibility too. Detectives, yeah, maybe you can pass the mo. Yeah, although the mo that might be fresh food. It's hard to tell. Did we check her? <laughs> did we check her bag? No, that's all you did so far. So now you have access to the computer. Now, what do you guys want to do? And the detectives, if you want to, like you know, just take over and commandeer these morons, feel free. Hey, Meats, do these uh, these fellows look familiar to you? I think I might have seen them on a vid show or something. Yeah, I was uh, watching the the hollow vids. These guys look pretty familiar to me. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of important. You're the uh, you're the four mooks who were on the drift rock, right? That's right. Oh yeah, I know you guys. It's nice to meet you. You're... Well, actually, if you if you know us, uh, Detective Lasco, meet Detective. Are you interested in buying a Vesk? We have one for sale. <laughs> Poor Mo. Well, I mean, if you're interested in, in a uh, uh, autographs, like we would, we do have those at a low. Those are also for sale. Yeah, they don't need an autograph, but uh, if you're looking, ever looking for work, Mo, that's your name. Just uh, yeah. you may give us a give us a give us a ring one time. Yeah, you just point me to anyone who needs a knuckle sandwich, and uh, you know I'll take care of things. I don't think you're supposed to admit that to a cop. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, well, I didn't say I was not a dirty cop. Yeah, they could be good <laughs> cops. They could be uh, good cops. We, we've seen them operate. In zero G, it was a little upsetting, but they did it. Yeah. It was actually very upsetting. You know, this this city can be a real filthy place. Sometimes it needs a bit of cleaning up. If you need okay. someone in the gutter, I'm your man. 
Wow, this this is really going into a much darker place than I expected. But yeah, these are vigilante cops that are apparently doing a death wish thing. Oh, that's that's hey, you gotta have law and order. You gotta do what you gotta yeah. do to clean up the 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 beautiful sandy streets here of Castrovel. Castrovel after dark. Saxophone riff. I'm actually, looking at your alignment. <laughs> what, are what are these guys' alignments? Like, what's going on here? They're hijacking the episode. Next thing you know, it's like, screw the adventure path. Let's go knock some heads. All right. We reenact the Fomian genocide based on these cops' decisions. All right. Well, do they crack the, uh, the computers? Computers yeah, are cracked. Let's take a look inside. Let's get a printout. The files are inside the computer. Oh. <laughs> oh, do not pick up the computer and throw it on the floor. Okay, he didn't do it. Okay. Yeah, so who wants to do what? You guys have a, once again, ransacked office, it looks like. Um, oh, sort it was of a mess. Well, it looks like it was possibly ransacked. It looks like it was definitely was a mess. Like, Albin's office was a mess, but he just floats, so that makes sense it's a mess because he doesn't need to ever, you know, step on the ground. This, obviously, was someone's office who walks on the ground so having stuff all over the place it definitely looks a little uh, disorganized well while they're getting the information from the uh computer i'm gonna start looking like under the bed like you know yeah i will uh, perceptively look around even though i'm terrible at skill is there a bed here, or is this an office? It's an office. Oh, well, I'm, I'm looking at the picture. Why would, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, why yeah, yeah, the, bed. the picture has a bed. <laughs> She's dedicated uh, that, worker. That, that's the desk. Uh, per, oh. Pretend that pillow is a computer, okay. and the sheets are a desk. This is sleeper, sleeper technology. Yeah. Most, gonna, most looking under the uh, desk. Uh, Hiroji's looking around. Meats is looking around. And let's see. He meets actually finds one of the cabinets ajar. Hey, get a load of this. This cabinet's ajar. There you go. How many years of detective college did you need to go through? To- Never mind. Sorry. Um, you know, you do it online <laughs> over the course of several years. Anyway, I'll go to the drawer. Inside the drawer, you find a set of basic Lashunta temp weave. Fitted for a Kasatha. Looks like it's fallen from its hanger, and it seems to somehow have gotten into this desk drawer. Why? You're not exactly sure, because that doesn't look like where it belongs. And Hiroji, when he's looking around, notices that the cabinet seems to have a dent in it that um, seems to have a little bit of hair in the uh, sort of like in the scene. Uh-oh, is there any blood DNA? There's not enough blood, but it does look like there is like a little bit of, uh, you know, just like a little bit of hair from where the dent is. Like someone's head got smashed into that? You think that could be the case looking at it. Um, Meats might know better or even Mo if they take a look with the perception. Hey, detective, take a look at this. There's looks like maybe signs of a struggle. I'm no expert, but... Oh, struggles, that's my favorite. <laughs> And also, look at these uh, these crazy PJs. That's, that's armor, mates. It's light armor. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. Uh, how would Mo know what that is? I'm looking at my skills, and I really don't Just have any. Oh, okay. Perception. <laughs> uh, oops. Meats gets a two. The number two. Meats doesn't even know what a cabinet is. He's like, what am I looking at? Uh, I, what is this metal box with the weird slidey outies? 
Uh, Mo Rosen. And Mo managed to match him. Excellent. Wow. And in its own way, do worse. Yes. There's nothing here, boys. You know nothing about basic Jet furniture. In. Jet, Jet in. in. Case we closed. Better, yeah, we better push. Yeah, case closed. Time to go back to the station. Cold case. Forget it. Lock it up. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you bump heads. They're both look. They clunk. And the thing is, here's the best part. They didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta take it one day at a time. One day at a time. So both Meats and Mo have rolled twos. Uh, so everything is gonna be fine from here on in. That's great. Meats and Mo. What are they trying to perceive now? Because like this you said there's armor that that was uh in her drawer. Yeah. So there's obviously a hanger because this armor is you know it, it had like a special hook and like you actually know this because you guys all wear armor there's sort of like a special way to you know hang up and store armor and you see where it actually normally hangs and it was looks like it was kind of stuffed in this drawer which is a little odd in itself not exactly sure why it was I'll, I'll, I'll take a much closer look at that and examine it okay you could do a perception I also want to know how the meat detective has a negative perception as a detective Look, sometimes detective work is about punching and not about looking. <laughs> Mo can relate to that. That is the that is good cop and bad cop is what you're like. Correct. Bad, it's <laughs> bad cop and worse cop. <laughs> I the, Sidori looks at looks at the stuff, and if it needs punching, he calls me over. Yeah. Bad cop, punch cop. So this <laughs> armor does it have like any blood or like like anything distinctive, anything in it, any in the pocket possibly or. You, um, no, you look at, you get a perception check of 23. There's nothing wrong with the armor, but the way you can see, it looks like it was crumpled up and shoved in this drawer. So you're not exactly sure what happened here, but it looks like this was done deliberately. The armor is in excellent shape. I mean, it's basic Lashunta temp weave. It is fitted for a Kasatha, so you do need four arms to use Mm. it sort of kind of a problem but otherwise it's in quite good shape and looking closely you can actually see this appears to be the university's armor so it actually has a little bit it's like a university tag on it as well so it actually belongs to them it has a value rusty oh what's the university's uh mascot um that's a good question because that would be on the armor probably um jason what is the university's mascot uh look in the pack worlds please (laughs) Hold on one second. I think. Is it like a racist kind of caricature of an elf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't really like the elves that much, right? I think they're, a... the, they're the fighting mountain eels. The nice. green skins. The green skins. The Corbarth mountain eels. Got it. Of course, their actual dancing mascot is a pixie. Can I determine, is this her armor? That was. Yeah, definitely. Okay. It's her armor. Yeah. Hmm, that seems odd. That's a clue. Imagine a big, like, elf mascot suit with, like, four foot long ears and stuff. <laughs> Completely exaggerated features. People on the stands throw fruit. I was going to try to put the clues. Most, so, most putting. Go ahead. Sorry. So, um, Jason, were you looking at the computer? Uh, I was going to. Oh, yeah. I was going to defer to the cops if they were going to do it. But oh, well, depending on which Jason kill. you're asking. Oh, right. Both Jeff. I forgot we have two Jasons. Um, either Jason could go look at the computer. Probably the guest Jason, since uh, you guys can't seem to do your job. <clears throat> oh, so. and I, well, I, Tuttle, I actually, Tuttle would be happy to defer to law enforcement. He's not, you know, I, I actually, proper protocol. Is I, I mentally uh, telepathy Tuttle and say, uh, 
maybe you should go take a look over his shoulder because he may not divulge everything to you to us. That seems sensible. I am going to kind of peek as best to be un be unobtrusive and kind of look over his shoulder and see what he sees. Yeah, but aren't you aren't you a, a short? How can you look over my shoulder? All right, under under your armpit. <laughs> He's like on your crotch. He's like, excuse me, uh, is this well, uncomfortable to bad. you? As I go under your legs, he can stand on a chair. He's just begging for food. Don't worry. Oh no, no, that's you, Mo. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a look at what uh, Solstarni's computer is all about. You look at the uh, computer, and sure enough, you look at her personal calendar notes, and it seems that she's scheduled on a research sabbatical in approximately two months, and it's been approved by her department head, Mohali, and the authorities of True Holy Point uh, on the east coast of Ukalam. However, one of the more recent files in the computer is a letter from Professor Moholy granting Dr. Solstarni leave to depart two months early to take advantage of special conditions in the field. And that was signed two days ago. Well, maybe she isn't missing after all. Maybe she just hoofed it. And maybe Professor Mahali has been lying to us. We should, yeah, confirm that with, you know. So, yeah, you do find that's the most relevant piece of information, you know, besides lots of pictures of puppies and kittens and, you know, Spacebook stuff, you know, because everyone's on Spacebook. But uh, yeah, it just seems like she was planning to go on a sabbatical and Moholy told you that and it looks like she took off two months early and she has a signed note from Moholy. Do the pictures of her lunch on Spacebook match the food in the trash? Wow. (laughs) That... That's detective work. That's detective work right there. Uh, I'm going to have to roll for that one. That that's that that was good. Holy crap. All right, I'm going to give it to you. You uh you actually <laughs> you rolled a 23 perception. Um uh, well no, no that I was I rolled an 18 for that. Yeah, I rolled an 18. I, I was going to if you had to you actually do flip through her space book and she was one of those selfie people and sure enough it does look like from a few days ago that the office looks sort of similar to what it looked like in one of her selfies. Like wrecked similar? Not wrecked similar, but in the sense that like where the desk looks like, where the papers are, like they're still in the same position from a few days ago. But there's no uh, but there's yeah. no armor like the armor's hanging up maybe and in fact no dent. the armor is hanging up in the picture. Yeah. How about that? It seems odd she if she's leaving she wouldn't take that with her, you know. Is there a camera footage that we could see on campus just trying to see where she may have gone on a certain day? Definitely. That would be downstairs. But before you do that, you also, as you're searching the computer, find when you're looking at her emails for the like going backwards from today and going on. And sure enough, the email stopped from two days ago. You see a series of messages exchanged between Dr. Sol Starney and a person named Irub. <laughs> and it appears to be these exchanges are fairly cordial as they were discussing minor areas of interest about research about ancient elven settlements in Ukalam. Mm-hmm. Meets looks like this Irub character might be a person of interest. Yeah. What is interesting about it is that this person seemed to be talking to her quite a bit, and there's 15 messages in just a matter of a couple of days. Was there anything like before that? 
No, there was actually nothing before. In fact, these are very recent, these messages. And if anyone wants to do a sense motive check, you can try to get an idea of like what the tone of these messages were. If like uh, it's more of a nuanced item, but I can do that. Oh, man, I think I'm 25. kicking you guys out and we're just going to have Jason and Rob play the adventure. Pack <laughs> well, they're able to roll above a 10. That's a little them. You apparently gave them the good dice roller. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I added an extra. It's a Paizo add on for this. Twenty pro thing that just oh it's a <laughs> we could die it's a d twenty but it only rolls fifteen and higher. God, it's always the nice. case. I like that. Uh, you you went through the messages and you seem to be distraught a little as you realize that um, Arab was becoming more and more insistent in trying to meet with the doctor, and in fact. He seemed to want to meet the doctor at somewhere called the Five Arches in Quarbart's Gateway District two days ago to appraise several artifacts that he recovered. She, although in her message, refused, saying that she was very busy. And it looks like, from what you could tell after reading these, that it feels like she's very skeptical and was trying to, like, at first she seemed very excited to meet with him, but she was starting to, like, give him the rub, the blow off and trying to like stop talking to him. And he was becoming more and more insistent to talk to her. Looks like this fan of hers may have gotten a bit too zealous. <sighs> stalker. We have a stalker situation. Actually, Me. Jason, could you do that as a pun and also remove your sunglasses or put them on at the last minute? Yes, of course. It looks Hold like on. she was going for a walk in the sun, something like that. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to catfish this person. <laughs> I think we just need to maybe go to the five arches and ask around. I uh, I been to that nope, gym joint a couple times. A two year long catfish operation. We'll find her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how far away is this uh, five arches? Is that um, that's, that's in the gateway known? district. You know, it's like maybe twenty minutes away. It's not that no, far. But uh, by cab. By space Johnny cab. Johnny cab. There Don't we have a space uh, cop car? Yeah. Van? Space cop car. Will it fit all of us in the backseat? Or you could put a paddy wagon. You could put everybody I, in. I prefer not to ride in a paddy wagon. Yeah. That's not like a tactical, cool hover van. Yeah. Where you put paddies. Well, <laughs> we, we also need to check security cam, too, to see people. Let's do that first. Yeah. Yeah, on and our, actually, even way before out. that... I just want to check with the uh, the person who signed that note saying that she had a person to leave early. If that was actually maybe that was a forgery, like let's confirm that that was actually the case. Yeah, talk was, to Mahali about that. Yeah, Mahali, see see if she confirms that that was because she didn't seem to tell us that before. So, well, she seemed to think that Solstarni is missing. That's why she called us in here. So, if she knew that she was heading out to Ukalam, then yeah, something doesn't something, add something up. don't add up there. She was lying to us. That's what I'm saying. Can so it be do, done electronically? Let's do that first. Let's go. Let's go. She's like two offices away, isn't she? And I'm yeah, sorry. Did yeah, did anybody really check her bag? Check the bag for any sort of clues? Well, then, yeah, they were half packed. Uh, yeah, the ba- like, I'll take a look at the bag. Yeah, there might be something important in the luggage. Perception check. Oh yeah, here. Let me get the uh, the the mo perception check roll. The non piezo dice give me a twelve. Um, so apparently, I barely know that it's a suitcase. Oh, you better let me take a look at that. Mo, Mo rolls a three. Rolls a three. <laughs> Mo, Mo looks in the trash again. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, 
Mo went outside and he's like, uh, is it over here, guys? And you're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go over there, Mo. You, you go outside. And <laughs> Mo doesn't seem to notice. Let's see. Hiroji rolls a 27 because he sees all. You actually don't find anything of interest in the bag, but you do find, like, underneath the bag, a printed version of Irub Proqual's invitation to the five arches. And a little odd that you found that. It's interesting. It just says it's just an invitation to come to the five arches. Yeah, it was actually the invitation that was from the from the computer, and it looks like she printed this out, and it looks like it was deliberately put underneath this bag. It wasn't like it sort of like was didn't just slip there. It looked like someone actually put a heavy bag on top of it. Hmm. They hid it. All right, I wonder so... if maybe that was her way of trying to tell somebody what happened to her. Yeah, like she hid it here intentionally, hoping that a very perceptive person would see it. Or a janitor, one of the two. Yeah. A hero janitor. <laughs> well, we might need it, so we should take it. Let's take it. Uh, so we're checking the the uh, facility, the, the university uh, security monitors, and then we're going to this place, right? Oh, yeah, we're, and we're confirming that, the, uh, that she was yeah. given permission, or... Oh, so There's one of us needs to talk to Mahali while the rest of you check the the monitors. Fine. I'll talk to Mahali. Great. I'll go with you in case you need a diplomacy roll. And then everyone else checks the monitors? Yeah, Mo will watch, watch the monitors for, uh, for clues. For, for the suitcase. For clues. Oh, and officers, uh, can we be deputized? I don't want to give you official deputy status, but uh, you can come along for the ride if you like. I don't have a gun, but I have a pike. Whoa. Right. <laughs> How are you going to fit that? Can I have a cop gun? I'd like one. Uh, you, uh, do you have uh, several years of training in the academy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. Bluff uh, of 26. Let me Bluff of 26. Sorry, four. Add four to that. That's a 30. This guy's obviously a sergeant. We're <laughs> <laughs> working for. He's working undercover. Oh, so close. They give him his. <laughs> he gives him his gun. That's close. Here, you can have this one. Fine, then. You make a will save. All right. I'm not going to make that. But wow, I want to see where this goes. 18. Oh, oh 18. Oh, oh, totally it. made it. And I, I cannot read And then I cannot read your thoughts. Excellent. All right. Very good. That's great. It goes my once a day detect thoughts. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. right. Can detect I'll it. hand him my gun. Here you go, buddy. Hold on, me. He doesn't need a gun. What? He doesn't? He's already packing. I can tell. Uh, Oh, well, you're looking in a weird place. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say I would totally watch a TV show of Detective Meat. <laughs> it's plural. It's Meats. 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 Detective Meats, meats. Even better. That's great. Yeah, we definitely want to get this role out of the way. This is Mo's perception check of the security cameras. Oh, my God. Mo is doing it. Oh, my God. He got an 18. I think the rest of us are going with him. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I, me and the rest of you are going to talk to Mulholly just right. to talk. Just you to all get do your perceptions. Okay, so you go to the cameras and you go to the building security, and sure enough, there's cameras in the hallway and the entrances of the area. Um, you review some of the video logs and you find something from two days ago, and you see a trio of the Karasha, Lashunta. How do you pronounce them? I, I pronounce it Karasha. Okay, the Karasha Lashuntas 
carrying heavy backpacks and wearing uniforms. They entered the building two days ago in the late evening after all reception personnel had left. And it looks like they took the stairs up, but there's no footage of them on the other floors or of either of them leaving the building. So it looks like these two Lashuntas came in, but they didn't go out. That sounds fishy. Check the footage. Do some sort of a uh, computerific. Well, Mo, and this never happened before. In fact, Mo <laughs> is has a weird sense that he actually discovered something. I feel a clue. Notices that there's inconsistencies in the footage of several floors, and it looks like somebody looped footage of empty hallways. Oh, fellas, I feel a clue coming on. Let it go. Breathe. Uh, okay, so I tell everybody that. Um, computer guys. Oh, did Tuttle come with us, or is he doing the important Yeah, I'm with stuff? you guys. Oh, okay. Um, I, I'm pointing out, oh, look, you can tell the difference between this, uh, I don't know, these frames and the other frames. Uh, is there any way to retrieve the original footage? Uh, computer's check. I can, I can help with that. Mo's work is done. Good job, Bo. Arms upraised, he gets away from the computer and takes a bow. Did Mo figure out the the, the problem? Did he yeah. work? What? I rolled a 18 perception. All right. That was me eating. Wow. Tuttle rolls a 24, and Lasco also rolls a 24 in computers. That's his eight. Well, that's I said the, he was eating, so it's know, 26 that, on Tuttle. I know. So nice. that is the magic of the Paizo dice. Um, you check the computer footage, and it's been hacked, and it's been erased. Someone actually appears to have hacked the footage and erased those original images and just looped over empty hallways for the fourth floor, which is where Solstarni's office was. And then you also notice um, the exit was also looped. So... Strangely, that they seem to miss their entrance, which um, is a little odd, uh, Jason, uh, Mr. Uh, in charge of uh, the uh, adventure path. But they did. Hey, do criminals make mistakes? Oh, That's there how you they go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. But they did uh, erase the middle and end portion. I bet they were uh, probably confident in their disguises. No, that's right. They also seem to have some strange disguises on that. If you have a culture check, you might be able to know what those are. Mode I'm not great with culture, but I'll give it a shot. 22. Oh, 22 is not terrible. Jeez. I have that too. You know that those are the uniforms of the Gateway District's Port Authority, and both of them are wearing those uniforms. Gateway District is where the uh, Five Archers is? Now, the Quarborth Port Authority is, it's actually the Port Authority where they conduct trade by land, sea, air, and they also have the magical gates known as the Aydora or, or Elf Gates. Those are like the magical teleporting gates throughout Castrovel. Oh, so that's how you get to like the other islands and stuff. Yeah, but they're regulated. Like, you actually have to go to the port, get passes, or buy tickets, and then they let them you they let you use them. And they also this how they like move you know things around the planet and they're ancient, but you cannot just use them without authority. 
So this, but someone who is already making a trip there on a sabbatical might have authority to use them. Perhaps you do know that they go everywhere around the planet. These gates make make our job difficult sometimes. Gates, am I right? Always the gates. What does Mulholly have to say? Uh, you go to Mulholly, and she looks at this, and she's like, I have no idea what this is. And she seems to be quite perturbed by it. She's like, I have no recollection of submitting this letter, and I do not remember this She's just lost sense motive. Yeah, I was right on that. But I'm not going to beat that, so go. Uh, rolled a well, natural no, you, 20. Yeah, you have a 27. She's completely telling the truth. Like, um, she is definitely flustered and visibly upset because she's like, well, yes, she was going on sabbatical in two months, but I never let her have, uh, you know, so early. This is a forgery that this is, right? Is it? She believes so. She's like, you. If you, those of you with computer skills maybe could actually research this, as this is not my area of expertise, because this does look like it came from me, but I know for a fact I never uh, I mean, it's, it. it's all seeming to add up because, um, actually, you know, I say, well, thank you, and I, I'll bring this to the group. I'll come uh, find them. Could you give us all the credentials of your email account so that we can investigate how it came from you? Thanks. Never wow. give up your password. <laughs> wow. She says, oh, don't worry. The, uh, That's the a 20 detectives, the detectives have all that information if necessary. All right. All right. So, so we'll go back to the detectives and, uh, and, and point this out that this does appear like quite uh, obvious that they're trying to make it look to a casual observer that she did actually go on this sabbatical. And uh, to not worry about her being missing because, you know, this explains it. But clearly this is a forgery and, and they're being misleading. And, you know, with the other evidence, it's, it's, it looks like a total kidnapping to me. Mo also has a detectives. Look on Go ahead. Mo has a look on his face that he's not following what's going on. Also, detectives, in case you were wondering if, like, she was lying, I got to tell you, my friend here rolled a natural 20. Yeah. Natural. <laughs> natural. I like, the, I like the natural 20s. Yeah, that's never happened on this show, ever. No, it never happened to us. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So, I don't know. I guess maybe the next step is to go to the uh, this Five Arches places and see what's going on over there. Am I the only one expecting McDonald's? Yeah, what is the Five Arches? It's McDonald's for Kasathas, because they got the extra arms. <laughs> Do they have the Szechuan sauce? <laughs> the uh, Five Arches... Well, you could do a culture check. Actually, you can look it up. You look it up on Castrovel's Infosphere, and you can see it's located off a beaten path in the Gateway District near the east end of the city. According to the advertisements, the Five Arches is a, quote, cafe dedicated to serving uh, discerning palates of a dozen worlds, unquote. According to online reviews, it's an eclectic dive with wildly variable food and drink quality, combined with bizarre food pairings for the daily specials. Overall, the reputation suggests it's not a place for the right-thinking individuals would frequent willingly. So, Moe's type of place. Yeah, sounds like our... Yeah. Oh, do we have a picture, any sort of picture of this IREB guy, or just... No. How about the girl? Oh yeah, that that you have tons of pictures of. And can we pull an image of the two of the guys who came the 
like the guys who came in on the video on the video footage. Yeah, definitely. Yep. They they're definitely they seem to know where the cameras were and they definitely were kind of like hiding their faces and they had caps on, but you can tell, you know, they have the antenna and everything. So, uh, Steven, I'd like to use my bounty hunter power thing to basically make uh, this eye rub my mark. Whoa. I rub. All right. Nice. And what does that do? He dies well, today. If I, <laughs> I, rub, I, rub, I rub, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? If I do, uh, it reduces uh, DC of culture and checks to recall knowledge about him. If I know anything. Yes. Because you're probably the only operative in history to not choose ghost. Well, this is this is a, my theme. Oh, I know. I was that was more of a joke, only because. Technically, you changed the plus four from sneak attack to a plus one, so now maybe someone will choose something oh, yeah. other. I than was ghost. the first one to pick ghost. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I do want to like, see if I know this guy or heard, heard sure. of him. Um, sure. But my my the culture check on my computer on my thing here is is not right. Oh, you could just roll the die and then just tell me what number you get. That's fine. Uh, eighteen. So that's, a, that's, a, that, that's a twenty-eight total. Oh man! Again, nothing under than like fourteen. I think is the lowest thing you've rolled so far. Uh, what do you want to find out exactly on him? Like, I mean, <laughs> I have his name. Uh, I'm a cop. Do can I? Is he in the database? I guess. Criminal so, record. Yeah. Do I have a full name or just one name? Oh, his name. Known troublemaker. Known uh, associates. <laughs> you know, last haunt. You know, all that. Alias. Sort of yeah. Bedwetting. Uh, I rub Pequal is his last name. You do some search on him, and it's odd. He's not in any of your systems. So you do a little bit of search on him on the Infosphere. You find a series of articles about elven ruins that he's published over the last six years. But your detective skills have gone off. You can tell that this is definitely not necessarily a forgery, but it looks like that these are completely inconsistent and probably fiction, you know, total fiction. Like this guy just magically appeared recently and suddenly has six years of articles that have really bad spelling mistakes, inconsistencies, citing articles and um, Wikipedias that don't exist, things like that. Meets looks like we got ourselves a f- another figment. Yeah, let's try and catch this figment. Tuttle chambers his pistol and says, "Someone posing as an academic who's not really one. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna die." <laughs> That's um, what sets off Tuttle. Sorry, fi- forged academic it, credentials are big on Tuttle's. So. It took like twenty plus episodes, but finally something set off Tuttle. Yeah, finally. <laughs> That's and, and the misspellings, of course. Well, we kn- that we- gets everybody angry. We know your button now. To be precise, didn't you misspell the word cheddar? But no, never mind. So we're going to five arches. Yeah? Yeah, hop in. Hop in our uh, police escort police vehicle. Escort did, van. Did we do Actually, everything? I would just make sure we did everything. Actually, this is an alternate reality where cheddar is spelled differently. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. The Lashanta have a German police car. It's a different different kind of cheese. Yeah, let's go to Five Arches. Get some hamburgers. Hey, I notice in our 
virtual desktop that suddenly we've arrived in a new encounter zone. You are at the Five Arches. The Five Arches is readily apparent from the street, thanks to its glaring neon sign. Neon sign suggestive of the numerous portals in the district. A riot of different worlds, souvenirs, plasters the interior walls. Oh, we didn't get there yet. So, yes, you notice the Five Arches. I hate when you do that, Jason. I hate when you put the outside description and the inside description in the same paragraph. At least make a paragraph <laughs> break. Yeah, Jason, you suck. Yeah, I you didn't develop that. that so I didn't you develop did this. this adventure. Okay. Yeah, this you're is, only following orders. I get it. <laughs> this actually is fun. I want Jason on all the adventure paths, so as I play them, I can yell at him. This is fun. You son of a bitch. Starting starting with number five in, in Dead Sons, you can yell at me. Okay, right. that's true. I no, can't but it wait. is it is fun. It's like that is something that does uh bother me. It's like and all it's not just you, but it's like when they dev the description and there's actually a break and at least do a paragraph break. It's like I hate when they do that. Um but it's fine. Whatever you do, don't tell the players that they're now looking at the boss. Exactly. Right. It's sometimes they says it's like this, 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 and this, and this. You're like, oh crap, I read the wrong thing. Damn it. <laughs> we can, we can, we're gonna be in the inside in the two seconds. Another clue. That's, that's true. So yes, you come with sort of garish, it's quite large, and you're here. Ta-da. All, All right. right, let's set on that. way through I, the front door. I, I want to squeeze in with Mo to comically clog up the door. Yeah, there, we go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You guys are both like, and you're both so big, and you just sort of like stop. Why don't we go in? It doesn't work. <laughs> These doors are broken. Shit, I gotta. We gotta blow a hole in it. <laughs> we must push harder. Do you need a warrant for that? Or uh, warrant. Well, oh, I take care of all the paperwork. Oh, yeah. I don't know what those things are. <laughs> Paper. Can you punch a warrant? <laughs> I can punch a warrant. I've done it before. All right. So you guys go uh, You once the... got into a fight with the band Warrant, didn't you? They have a, <laughs> have a longstanding feud with Warrant, the band. Is this Rob the player or the character? I can't tell which is tough. <laughs> the lines <laughs> blur. So you get into the five arches um there appears to be a riot of different worlds souvenir plasters the interior walls and each table booth and bench bears the name of one of the pack world's planets or habitable moons oh god this is tgi friday isn't it this is a friendly for everyone bar oh i I love fribbles i'm gonna get me a fribble well, you actually look at the board, and today's special is the Triax Surprise. Yeah. That's just dragon shit. That's the surprise. Yeah. So anyhow, you it's um it's early evening, and there's a lot of people here, um, mostly single people, nursing drinks, having some food, a couple of couples, um, a good dozen people or so, and, you know, lively bar and... Uh, and restaurant and yeah nothing nothing crazy going on here um I'll walk in and see if we can see anyone we recognize well that's true we do have two detectives with you yeah um, well the fuzz be of, to do a recognition because that's sort of like a memory thing uh I guess we can <laughs> the old catch all of perception just does everything good job meet our, our drones our drones welcome in this establishment droids Droids, uh, they're now welcome. The little yeah, thing meat, goes meat's off. Meets rolled uh, eighteen for perception. 
Wow. Lasko, once again, rolls a 14. I do not roll this well with actual dice. I just want to point that out. Yeah, that is I'm verified. <laughs> I'm putting a camera on you at PaizoCon because I think there's some cheating going on. Yeah. All I know is I want to play with Jason as a PC. I want him in my party because he is rolling yeah. like fire. Not, not, nope. <laughs> not nope. when I have actual D20s. Nope. It's going to, yeah. nope. Don't, don't, do not wish for that. It will come true and then you will be in trouble. <laughs> that's okay. He can't roll worse than Bob. That's for sure. That's true. That's mm, very. That's, true. I roll very that's well. What we got to see in the uh, at Paisocon. We'll have a, a shitty roll off. <laughs> that's actually a good idea. That you actually was a good worst. idea. But <laughs> I, I roll very well. The worst so roller. <laughs> see, I'd bet on that, but then I'd lose. This is how bad I roll. <laughs> but then, so Jason would bet on that, then he would lose. And I think it's like when you put a uh, butter, a buttered bread on the back of a cat and then drop and it. And it floats in the air. And it course, floats, right. right? You would both try and outfail each other in the grand scheme of fate. <laughs> well, we have to do this. So We're gonna the, do it. it would be the end of Inception. The die would just keep spinning forever. <laughs> and oh, then yeah. wink out of existence. Yeah. So wait a minute. We actually passed up the person we probably need to talk to, the the Keska die, the uh, guy at the front desk. Oh, that was just... Um, that that was just a host that was going to take your coats and let you in. You know, oh. if you have any coat, that's just a no, coat my coats are loaded with grenades. So yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're taking we're bringing our coats in. Keskadai is a guy with like fifteen flares all over him. He, just ignore him. Yeah. Uh, so who looks like they might be in charge? Like uh, it's got to be a manager. bartender. Yeah, bartender, female android. Chris, who would be in charge in a place like this? Manager somewhere. Manager, yeah. But I say we just uh, sort of mingle. Don't look too. Should I use my intimidate? Here, I'm going I'm I'm to go talk to this girl. Wow, that's bold. <laughs> Party of seven. Would you like low gravity or regular gravity? Hey, you come here often? Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, this looks like the type of place you can just grab your own table. There's not like hostess like seating you, but there are you know waitress, waitresses, things like that. Um, since there's so many of you, six of you, I, I probably don't want to do each individual. So sort of give me like a group idea of what you want to do. Otherwise, this will take all night because the bar is filled with patrons. And this could be a three-session adventure alone if we want. Yeah, we don't want to talk to the patrons probably. We want to talk to the I, – I would guess unless someone disagrees the managers, with me. managers, you're right. Yeah, managers. Uh, that, that's pretty much it. Just if we, if we talk to a bartender, we say, could we talk to the manager, you know? I talk to her and say, what's your sign? What's oh, your species? Great. Great. Iomidae. She's actually dwarf, believe it or not. Oh, really? That's a dwarf? Oh, sorry. That's a halfling. Sorry. You pervert. Yeah, yeah, it's no, pronounced Iomidae? Uh, I've been pronouncing Iomidae for like five years. Oh, I, that's how I do it. Jason, oh, what's the ruling? Rob, Rob is right. Uh, wait, yes. Iomidae? In really? your face, other God Robert. Damn it. Yeah. No, I know it's fact because um, Jason uh, Bowman also pronounces it that way. Suck it, other <sighs> guy with the same name as me. Yeah. I, I need a website where you just put pronunciations of every single character in Galarian, including a pronunciation of Galarian. You just wing it. You just go with it. You know? Please, that's Golarion. <laughs> exactly. Well, what about Yusoki? How's that pronounced? Because you heard, that one's uh, heard a lot of different ways too. Yusoki, you you got it. Because I know in the beginning people didn't know how to pronounce it when it first. That's pronounced mouse. Pathfinder Pathfinder Wiki actually has a fair number of pronunciations. Like if you go to the Ayo, Ayomade page, you'll see. 
Yeah, I will say this, and this is like the one time I'm going to bring this up. Not that I play a lot of uh, 5e <coughs> competitor, but they do have in the front of their adventure paths or their adventures a s- entire page filled with how to pronounce all the character names, which is pretty f- freaking fantastic, by the way. And, yeah, okay. But nobody reads those. so uh, I do. The, the pronunciation page, I mean. Uh, I do. It's your adventure. You pronounce it however you want. Exactly. Everything okay, I am is a called Bob from now on. It's pronounced Bob. All right. Boob? You got it, boob. Yeah. <laughs> I'll answer to that. Uh, all right. So we're just going to talk to the the staff. Management. Yes. Yeah. Show her yeah. the pictures of the she, chick that we're looking for. Sure. She um she sort of recognizes the local uh, police and recognizes like a large group coming into this establishment. She sort of like, you know, winks over to you guys and she's like, what can I do for you officers? I'll buy everyone who came in here uh, a, a, a with us a, a drink, a beer or whatever. And then I'll be like, we're looking for a, a few people. This is uh, I'm Detective Lasco. This is my partner. I can never remember your last name, Rob. It's on the it's on the chat. Meets. No, not this Detective. Detective Nihaku. <laughs> we're we're looking for a, a few persons of interest, and I show her the picture of Solstarni. Have you seen this woman? Look, let me see if I can soften this up. Um, hi, uh, these officers are some great guys, and I'm really hoping that you could maybe help them out because it actually it turns out some very a very close friend of ours is missing, and we'd really like to find him. Anything you can do would be help. Sorry, diplomacy. Find her. Sorry. Somebody <laughs> roll some dice. Diplomacy of 29. Bazam. She's like, sure, sure, fellas. Boom. Let me take a look at that picture there. We're always here to uh, be on the lookout. And by the way, um, some of these other characters who are here seem to be hiding their faces as the detectives know that this area, this uh, establishment does have some kind of low-level criminals and uh, gang members that uh, frequent this establishment, but they're literally here just to eat. So they, they're not in the mood for any... Uh, it looks like there's entertainment here, too. There's a nice stage over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mo's going to crack his knuckles and eye them sp- suspiciously. You take a look. Uh, she looks at the pictures, and she's like... I uh, don't. Uh, wait, which pictures are you showing him? By the way, uh, showing her. By the way, we're showing the picture of Solstarni first. She looks at that picture and she's like, hmm, "Sorry, I haven't seen her. I would have definitely recognized her. Sorry about that." Have you seen anybody in here in the uh, Port Authority jumpsuits? Yeah. Can we show a picture of those three guys? Two guys. Oh, I thought it was three. Okay. Um, she looks at them and she sort of looks at uh, the pictures, and she's like, well, we do get people from the Port Authority here, so it's not something out of the ordinary. Let me take a closer look at that. Six and a three. No, sorry, I, I don't really remember who what those two look like. Uh, if I would, uh, if I did, I would have let you know, but sorry about that. What do you know about the name Ira Paqual? Hmm. Can't say I've ever heard that name before. That seems like uh, something I would remember. Is he uh, associated with some uh, gang or low-level criminal group I should be aware of? 
Maybe an academic, actually. We don't get a lot of them types over here, I'll tell you that much. Uh, no, definitely not. Never heard of that name before. Sorry, I haven't been much help. Here, drinks are in the house. Maybe I should. I'm going to sense her motive. 20. 20 total. Wow, that's your lowest roll tonight. Um, now it's going to get worse from here. I know. Let me do a roll. Yeah, she definitely. She, I mean, when she's an android, and androids aren't that great, like, you know, they're kind of emotionless anyhow, but you know, you're, you're pretty good at figuring out that she's. Looks like she's telling the truth. And quite frankly, this sort of establishment would have a lot of these type of people. So they would have to be kind of mm, standout-ish to, well, <laughs> stand out. Well, you tried the good cop. Maybe it's time for the bad cop. Yeah. Do we, do, I, do I recognize any of these? I mean, you said yeah. there's just... Let's scan the room for scumbags. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sure. You can do a perception. In the meantime, she brings over drinks, and everyone gets a daily special. It seems to be a uh, unidentified avian, I'll call it, smothered in fig-like fruit compost and served alongside a mashed bitter tuber from Triaxis. This is complimentary? It's complimentary. Oh, yeah, free food. Oh, okay. Uh, I had mine to mow. That is the Triaxis yeah. surprise. I'll eat mine at the bar over here. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 we're, we're eating away. Uh, is there any way? Th- this is a mechanical question. Is there any way to do a group sense motive to honestly like take a feel of the crowd? You probably could because you're an envoy. I'd say you right. could. I, I don't know if anyone else would be able to, but yeah, read the room. Yeah, yeah you can read basically. the room. I'd say anyone could do it, but you are trained for this. You want to know it, right. the way you uh, act, I'll but I'd say you are. Well, here's another kind of basic question. Are there any elves in here Whoa. amongst the customers? Um, no. There might be on the pictures, because I kind of just grabbed a whole bunch, but they actually don't see. There are no elves here. Uh, I'm going to add D6 to this in a second. Hold on. Okay. So 21, 25 cents motive. 25. 25. What are you trying to sense? I'm trying to get a feel for the room, particularly like a feel for if there are hostile intentions directly towards us. Yeah, there's definitely a vibe of like, it definitely got a little quieter when you guys entered. But again, you just came in with everyone knows or cops. And there's a lot of you. And most of these people are one or two at most. It's not like there's a big gang or there's a birthday party going on here. So they're definitely uh, keeping to themselves. And if anything, they seem to be intimidated by you guys. Not, It's not hostile. It's more like they just want to be left alone and f- drink their drinks and eat their food. That's all. Do uh, Detective Lasco or, or I recognize anybody yeah, so you guys got a fantastic. Meats gets a 19. Lasker gets a 22, of course. Rusty gets a 13 perception. So you guys look around. You definitely notice a couple of guys here that you've seen before in mug books. Uh, sorry, in um, mug shot, shot books. But one thing that does uh, sort of pique your interest is you notice a Quarbarth that you've seen before that you have encountered in the past and you know that he sort of does odd jobs like smuggling and forgeries and so forth. And Do we know his name? 
Yeah, you actually, well, let's see. What type of check would that be? Could they pull it up on their data pad? Be like, yeah, can we like look at his face and like scan his face and like get a uh, prior report? Yeah, I guess so. It's one of those like I try not to do that too much, but we'll we'll say it's fine. That's the only problem with Starfinder. It makes uh, makes all those rolls kind of like getting a twenty automatically. Do a quick search, and sure enough, his name comes up as Twanus End, and sure enough, he is a small-time smuggler forger that you've known in the past. That's about it. The other ones you also know, but most of these guys don't fit the bill. Like, some of them do, like, petty theft. Some of them are, like, cat burglars. You know, like, of all the people here, he's the only one that kind of fits the description of what you're looking for. And which which guy is that in the room? He's right here. He's the only guy with a gun. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not uh, true. Uh, the guy in the guns. yellow outline I made for you. Yeah, I'll telepathically sort of, you know, talk to Meats about this. Look who it is. Well, well, well. If it isn't old Tawana's Ent. Let's go have a word with him. Let's sit at his table, like, right opposite each side. Like, we <laughs> let him down. I'm actually going to... You guys are... You got A couple of you guys are by the front door. I'm going to go... Um, I sit down, I'm like, is this seat taken? And immediately you start eating his french fries. Nice. I'm going to hang out by this door in case anyone makes <laughs> yeah, a run for it. Yeah, definitely eat his french fries. So, you like french fries? They're uh, Tawanas. You like these fries in his joint? <laughs> you got good fries here, I right hear. They're delicious. Why don't you have one? A big Kahuna burger. <laughs> <laughs> Those Hawaiian burgers are tasty. Tawanis looks up at you and is like, guys, 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 I'm just eating here. I'm not looking It looks like you lost your appetite. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Look, I'm just making a buck, just trying to survive. What are you harassing me here for? I'm here to help you. No, you're 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 way off. Oh, you're way off. How can I help you today, officers? That's the kind of thing I like to hear, Tuanis. Sure, he can't help us. Sure, I, I'm not looking for any trouble. And yes, yeah, sure, have all those fries. In fact, I'm I'm full. I couldn't eat another thing. Go right ahead. Well, it's well known giving free food to cops is legal. Uh. No, it's not. You're allowed to give them drinks, uh, but you can't give them food. I used to, to do it all the time. Yeah, um, tell that to every restaurant in America. I used to well, do they do. Time. They I do. Wanted, I wanted yeah. to my dining room because I have so much trouble that late at night. That's so. That's, uh, yeah, to be honest, but, you know, I know you're here to help. We're just looking for someone who maybe got themselves missing can you help um he looks around and you see like a bead of sweat sort of like going down his uh, forehead as you know he's definitely up to something and he's he's looking around trying to see if there's enjoy that troll. Wow. <laughs> oh, another 20 natural 20 for 29 intimidate Holy wow crap. you guys well, I'll assist I want to push it over 30 jeez <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Wow. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not even there. You're like in the bottom right corner. Oh, he okay. just glares. He just glares. At I you. glare. No, that's Bob. Bob glares. Bob. Uh, or sorry, uh, Rusty glares. Sure. Um, meat is so into. He's twenty for a twenty-nine. Thirty-one. 
easily. <laughs> and Lasko, muscles Lasko gets up 30. You guys. Okay, he gives up. <laughs> it's like you win. You win. You you won Dungeons and Dragons. Any, any, nice. any has, we did it. We did it, Rob. We, we finally won. We finally won. After yes. all you never have to play again. Sell my books. He's like, look, look, guys. He sort of says it in a hush. Actually, he's a little shunter. He tells you tele- telepathy. There you go. That's all the touch antennas. And the antennas. The antennas. He's like, look, guys. I'll tell you everything you need to know. I know why you're here. I just need you to guarantee my safety, and I'll tell you anything I want. That's all I ask. We'll telepathically. Yeah, telepathically. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll keep you safe, Tornus. Oh, that's great. <laughs> he says... Yeah, I know you guys are good for it. You guys are you're you're good fellas. You're you're good guys. So let me tell you, all I know is that um uh I was helping out some male um Lashunta named uh Ira Perqual secure travel documents for uh for fifteen individuals, permitting them to use the local ports to reach uh um Torhal Point. Uh, most of those visas, of course, were counterfeit. Uh, you three of them uh, used fake IDs for the Port Authority employees to help move the equipment, um, although we had to make some uh, minor adjustments to uh, the legitimate academic visas so that Parkwal and his ill Kasatha colleague could make it out through the Elf Gate. Um, I, I had some doubts about who this guy was, and I feel like he was using an alias to avoid suspicion. But you know, ultimately, uh, his money was good, and uh, you know, <laughs> well, anyhow, um, I do know that he was uh, shipping a considerable number of firearms and uh, heavy gear, and noticeably a Sharon eye rifle and a sizable comm unit that was disassembled into three bulky pieces. Uh, we also had to secure several special permits for transporting fungal spores it was a quite a big job i tell you they they really had quite an expedition going out there man he seriously spilled his guts yeah he sounds like a canary we rolled a 29 and a 30 so i think we're he's telling us about lies he told his teacher in school i mean guys he rolled a 29 a 28 and a 30 intimidate he's probably giving you his school money now too (laughs) I'll, i'll i'll take the school money so he's like, um, he's like that. That's all I know. Uh, that's that's all the information I know. Again, it was uh, uh, fifteen individuals. Uh, we helped them get some passes to a Trujula Point, and we made some counterfeit IDs, three fake IDs for Port, port Authority employees. We got them some uniforms. Uh, we got them special permits for all their gear and. I do remember that there was one academic with them, uh, this Kasatha woman who was uh, looked really sick. Tornus, Tornus, Tornus. You uh, might have to let you off with a warning this time, of course, because you, you helped us out, but we're going to keep our eye on you. I order, him, I order him an extra plate of fries. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't don't worry. Uh, you know, uh, again, I, I didn't really want any 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 anything bad to happen you know i didn't really think it was much harm into securing transport to uh um across the across the continent i mean who who wants to go over there anyhow it's just a it's just a crazy wilderness i mean what's, what's the, the harm name of the pe- destination again uh the name they want to go to was trahula point thank you that's where the uh pyramid people are 
Travola Point actually is there's not many places where the gates go, and Travola Point is on the edge of um, Ukalam, like the Ukalam Peninsula. It's mostly completely overrun with jungle and forest, but the edges do have some outposts, and that's one of the outposts. And obviously, it's like, well, what's the big deal? He's securing travel permits to Ukalam, which no one goes to anyhow. Like, who cares? So he didn't think it was that big a deal. Yeah, I'm going to say, Tonus, you got to promise me one thing, though. Next time you get a job this big, you come to uh, me or meets first. We'll make sure you're safe and uh, we'll uh, maybe get you a bit of a reward next time. So we can stop this before it happens. Be a man on the inside. You know what that is? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I, uh, I again, I, I really didn't think anything of it. It just seemed like, uh, you know, some wackos wanted to go on a crazy adventure safari. I really didn't think I'd be involved with cops and something like this. Yeah, let's all just help the wackos. That's a great idea. Oh, uh, well, you know, yeah. what are they going to do? Ukalam? They're going to get eaten alive. You know what that place is like. It's a mess over there. I'm never going there. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have to be crazy to go over there. It's a jungle. Yeah, it's a jungle. It makes me sweaty. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. Bugs. There's bugs, diseases, horrible ways to die. You get trampled, and no one goes there. That's a one-way ticket to death. No one in their right mind would go there. Never. Don't forget the monkey bats. That's not going to happen. And the monkey bats. Oh, the monkey bats with the diseases. Don't even start with the monkey bats. But there's good hunting over there. Can't wait. Can can Tuanus give us, like, a a description, a physical description of Irub? Uh, sure. Good sure. He's got these two antennas on top of his head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, uh, he was a Lushunta. He, uh, he had this sort of, uh, kind of crazy look to him. One thing about him, he had long hair. It was half white, half green, a uh, little bit of red inside. He was wearing this armor that was kind of bizarre it had like skulls and spikes across it It looked like he was in some punk rock band or something it was couldn't tell if he was going out for a costume or he was really into death metal that sounds pretty cool yeah and uh, the vibe i was getting off of him is uh you did not want to mess with this guy again uh, i deal with crazies all day and i i really didn't like enjoy talking to him all right, I'll, I'll you know I'll let our so-called deputies in on this. All right, seems, seems like it's all coming into focus now. I'm I'm guessing. I mean, well, we got a target and a destination. Yeah, I mean they needed her expertise, so they kidnapped her to just something out there. We gotta we gotta follow the trail. Unfortunately, that's beyond our jurisdiction. I understand. By the way, have you ever actually made an arrest that stuck? I'm just curious. <laughs> Rusty. Hey, Rusty. <laughs> hey, that's a sore point with these guys. Be careful with that, Rust. Sorry. Well, we could make I it one starting right now. Oh. <laughs> right. oh. You look into his background, I think you're going to find something very. Perfectly clean record. Uh-huh. You'll find nothing on me. Yeah, nothing, lots of copper. Failed bluffs. Lots of failed bluffs. I bet that's, a, that, that's a felony, failed bluffs. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, it is, actually. That was a mighty fine piece of detective work, right, gentlemen. I, I, this is we're gonna follow this lead into the jungle. Just it looks doing like. our job, right? Is there anything we can do? Uh, if you're uh, taking a powder on this, is there something we can uh, do to uh, make it good for you while we're heading that way? Maybe buy you a drink. Well, you bring Sol Starney back. 
Just okay. justice. We just need to serve up justice. <laughs> That's what keeps you up at night, huh? Serving justice hot and steamy. That's what we do. <laughs> and Rusty, Rusty here will discuss any possible rewards with you. Yeah, we, we think if this leads to, you know, some justice, you guys should get a reward. And, you know, because you're our friends. Appreciate that. They actually can help you. The uh, the detectives can help you follow them and get the passes to Ukalam. And the visas are extremely hard to get. But the police can secure visas for you. My, my uh, ex-wife works over at City Hall, but uh, we're, we're still nice. in good mood. Police slash travel agent. Excellent. <laughs> I also got a Groupon to go there, so if you want, you can <laughs> have it. Great. Yeah, you should use that group on it expires soon. Excellent. I like that. Long arm of the law. Nice. In action. Yeah. Between the fact that they're extremely hard to get, they're also extremely expensive. I think it's like 10,000 credits to yeah. get four passes. So Yeah, I don't, I don't have that kind of money. Yeah, we want to make these, uh, these, 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 these coppers happy. These guys are good to have in the... You know, in a, in a tight corner, these are good men to have. But we'll bring her back alive. That's what I like to hear. Dead or alive. I mean, alive. <laughs> alive. Definitely alive. And, uh, uh, before you guys head out over to Yukalam, I, uh, I have something you might be able to use. Steven, this is when I give him the thing. Yes, give, give him the, the thing. Give me the thing. Give me the thing. Give me the thing. <laughs> give him the money. <laughs> give him the money. Uh, something in the trunk of my car. Just come on. We'll just, uh, I'll go get it. Oh, ah, I good. Already want this thing. Should we follow you out there? I think it's monkey yeah. bat repellent, but yeah, let, let's not do gonna, it. Not going to give it away. Let's do it in the parking lot. Yeah. They want to do it in here. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Go, go, Jason. You can do it. I'll, 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 I'll send the picture to everyone so they can see it. So, uh, you know, we all know Ukulam is a dangerous place, and only crazy people and fools out of their minds would end up going there. But uh, so you're going to need a little help heading out there, and. Um, I, uh, I've got this prototype object uh, that uh, my uh, cousin, who works at the labs over at Kabarat uh, Tech, has been working on. It should uh, should maybe keep you alive, hopefully. All right, cool. And, and then uh, from the trunk, I pull out this like half. It's kind of like a jar, kind of like a cage, um, and inside it is this mechanical spider thing. Excellent, oh, mechanical spider. Title. Take a look at this. Oh. Oh, it's right up wow. your alley. The 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 body is basically only like the size of a a, a kitten, um, so it's not like super big. It's actually small. In game terms, it's the whole thing is diminutive. Um, and Detective Laska lets you know this will uh, this actually is a will help stitch up your wounds. It's a it's called a stitch spider. Oh wow! Oh wow, that is cool. Yeah, it's like. Uh... Uh... So it's like a six-legged. Oh, actually, no, six ten something legged. Little medical drone type thing. Yeah, yeah, like that one that like tortured Leia. This looks horrible. <laughs> no, this, this actually looks, looks very useful, but it's got healing. <laughs> It'll scare you. Str- It'll scare it's, you. It's healthy. bedside manner leaves something to be desired. <laughs> um, it, it also looks like it has some cameras on it. Could it possibly be also filming us? Maybe I hope. That's just its eye. We'll call it. This, we'll this go with season that for now. two of season two of the reality yeah, show. We'll go with that for now. We'll call it its eye. Okay, Rusty. Did we ever get compensated for our show? No, never. We, no, we signed away our rights. 
Oh, but Mo smiles whenever the he, society. The, the they, they're getting all him. the they're getting all the money. Yeah, that's right. You guys just had no to, agents. Just so you know, uh, and this you'll be helping me out and my my cousin out a little bit too, because uh, you know when you get back here, if you were want to report any de- defects or side effects from using this thing, you uh, just just let us know. Yep, Mo will definitely let you know. Oh yeah, uh, uh, does this roll two d four for healing, or is it the standard d eight for healing? Ha. <laughs> Do you want that, to tell him all the stats? Yeah, Steven? that's that's my pet peeve. Mo, Mo, for you, it rolls a one D. Yeah, I'm just. Will it be a one or a two for you the healing? Coin, you flip a coin for your. <laughs> so sure enough, you take a look at this. It's a bulbous body. It's about the size of your fist, and it has eight long spider spindle legs. And you can see that it will be able to heal your wounds. And when you turn it on and put it on your body, it will actually walk on your body, seeking out your most grievous injury, and then starts repairing the damage and knitting you up. Wow, and that it is restores awesome. 2d8 hit points, but it takes about a minute and it consumes some of its charges. We'll get to that later, like how many charges it has and how uh, much right. it gets used. In addition, it also injects you with some experimental serums that gives you a bonus to your saving throws against diseases and poisons for approximately the next hour. So it's, quote, healing venom will heal you and course through your veins. So there is a small side effect of the venom, however. Not uh, everyone can take to the venom. And you, you know, you might have to roll a fortitude save to make sure, like, there's no weird side effects, you know, like, oh, gigantism or patches of hair or heightened senses, um, you know, not being able to talk. Don't worry about that. Don't do that. that that's only going to happen once in a while. So, hmm. good to know. I feel a little bad about the the whole void death disease stuff. So, I wanted to give you guys a little a little healing boost. Oh, you, right. Yeah. Why were you responsible for that? I may have been responsible for the afflictions part of this corporal book. A oh, bit. I didn't. God. Go get him. Go get him, Bob. Oh, no. That's fine. I enjoyed I enjoyed dying a lot. How do we drive this thing? Is it, I mean, is it. No, this thing is can small it, and it fits on your body. But can, it, can you run it in combat or does it have to be non combat? Does it, it have to. It takes a minute. Do you need skills to use it? No. You don't need skills. You basically just take it. You put it on your body. It will roll over your body looking for your worst. It kind of will crawl all over you, nastily crawling over you. Definitely does not have good bedside manner. It will find your injuries and stitch them up. It takes at least a minute, so you can't use it in combat. Ah, uh, the joys of pointy-clicking, machine-whirring healing. <laughs> I like it. There's Thank probably you. some drill noises, too. <laughs> And it sounds nothing like a dentist drill or the Cavatron. Nothing at all. Yeah. Um, Rusty, uh, he has a good name for this. SPDR. Spider. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> we, we have a robot called Cheddar, and it's C-H-D-D. So Jason made this just for you guys. That That's awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice. That's very cool. nice. We, no, no guarantee no that it's balanced. Need. Oh. Eh, we'll figure it out. We'll play uh, don't testers. worry. We have we have a goblin 
we have a goblin um, yeah. hybrid uh six, be six percent goblin. All right. Then we have a we have a we have that. We have the loot box of wonder. Oh, I we still have, have mine. Oh, no, still you? yours, I still have mine. Yours. We have a stitch spider. This is nothing but unbalanced. So cool. These guys are all over the place. And, and you got the goblin grenades it. too. And we have the goblin grenades, which actually I invented. That that uh that was me. So um nice. but I, I wanted to get in on the fun. So but yeah, this is great, and I love the picture. That's like one of your friends, right? Yeah, that's Andrew DeFelice. Rob knows who, him. I've been uh, I went to college with that man, so yeah, uh, he is one of the uh, really good artists that we uh, we've used uh, just you know uh, on our Pantheon stuff. But you know, he's a very accomplished illustrator. Well, Tom, thank you. That that, that we, we yeah, appreciate. He probably did it at a real short notice. Yeah, too, he did. Right? He actually managed to bang. That. He he did my character sketch too. If you can see it on the on the roll twenty, the d twenty. Yeah, I, I'll put oh, it up you. a little bit bigger. But um, yeah, there's this thing is uh, I think Jason wanted to come up with something that heals you in a creepy way, and I think he succeeded. Excellent. Very good. Love it. All right, guys, well, thank you so much thanks. for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks well, for joining. Thanks us. for having us. Loved it. Fun. Hey, everybody. Steve here. Hope you guys enjoyed that little adventure. And you guys like what you heard from Jason and Rob because they are joining us for Starfinder Society, at least the very first episode. Hopefully they can join us for a few more after that. But they're making some new characters. And we're going to be starting that. Well, next week is our first episode. And then a few weeks later, I will publish it. And I don't even know which adventure we're going to be doing. I guess we're all going to find out together. So before we do the Paizo contest, I wanted to talk about some GM tips and tricks. And this week, I'm talking about NPCs and having people play them. So I have to tell you, I have done this a few times in the past, but this has been really eye-opening. Usually, you think about it, you have player characters who, quite frankly, as a GM, I feel I have complete control over at all times. They might not think that, but they really don't have any control <laughs> if you're a good GM. You can make sure that they kind of go anywhere, do whatever you need them to do, because you shape the world. And yeah, they can get in trouble if they really go off the beaten path, but more or less you control what's going on. However, if you get people playing NPCs, things can get really weird because an NPC is like an NPC is like a junior GM. They have kind of the power you have, and since you're not controlling them, they might have the story go in directions that you didn't expect, and then you quickly have to change things up. So for this, this is a perfect example. In the original Adventure Path, there is one detective, and the detective doesn't even have a name, and he is supposed to help out the PCs. So for this, I just expanded it. I made two detectives, I had them partners, and they kind of took it from there. How I start this is I will tell them the background, what's going on in the adventure. I kind of give them some general ideas of where I want them to go. And I give them sort of a loose script. But then they sort of pick up the rest and end up, they sort of have to end up where I want them to end up. So I sort of give them a beginning, middle, and end. And then they take care of the rest. And one advantage of playing online is sometimes did you chat with me in the background? So they kind of ask me questions that I can answer. But other than that, you know, things just happen. Um, perfect example is when John was on the show, you know, a couple episodes ago, and he made Cheddar Mark III, which is, you know, part goblin, part droid. 
I didn't expect that. That just sort of magically happened. This episode, that whole thing at the end with the bar, that was supposed to be a big fight. But, you know, they decided to sort of intimidate and shake this guy down and had some amazing roles. So that's what happened instead. And, you know, it made for a fun adventure. So I just sort of lean into it. I will say as a GM, the best part about this is that it keeps you on your toes. And for the first time ever, one of the kind of boring parts about being a GM sometimes is that you always know more or less where things are going to go. But this is the first time that I actually have no idea. I'm almost like a player because... I'm trying to guide the adventure, but the NPCs can make up new things, and I quickly have to start changing the adventure to follow suit, and hopefully mold things in such a way that it won't break everything. So if you are a GM who really wants to shake things up and even challenge yourself, I strongly recommend you find some friends, have them play an NPC. Uh, In this case, I actually had these guys make characters, make the actual detectives. They were the appropriate level and had the appropriate equipment and all of that. You can do that. You can have them play someone who exists. You can make the NPCs for your players and then they can play them. It's really up to you how, how detailed you want them. Or you can just sort of throw them in. Like when John played the goblins, I just gave him some goblins. And he did the rest. He gave him names. He gave him a background. He made them do things. He had them, like, rebuild cheddar. You know, that that was all him. I had nothing to do with that. And in this case, same thing. Sort of the way the detective work happened and occurred, they just sort of went with the flow, and that was it. I strongly recommend you guys try this. It's, it's just a lot of fun. And I'm going to do this a lot more in the future. So next up, we have our $100 Amazon giveaway. All you need to do is review the show on... Facebook or iTunes or Stitcher and then submit your name to us at contest at rollforcombat.com. I don't think we got a single entry last week. So if you haven't done this yet, I strongly recommend you do it because there's a good chance your name can be called and then you just get a $100 Amazon gift card. That's it. So this week's winner is Bizeird. B-I-Z-I-E-R-D. He gave a review on Stitcher. So write us, contact me, and you too will win your $100 gift card. As for the PaizoCon contest, again, every week I ask a question. Just keep track of all those questions, and then you too can win a free trip. Once again, a few notes. You have to be over 18. You have to live in the continental U.S. And then you're going to have to enter and get all these answers correct from episode 25 to this one. So this week's question is... What were the three Intimidate roles that they made in the bar? I need to know who made them and what their numbers were. So in the bar, they made three Intimidate roles. They were very good. Tell me what they were and who is associated with each one. Very soon, within a week or two at most, I will finally have you enter, give us all that information, enter the contest, And then we're going to draw by the end of April. One thing else is that you have to join the Discord to be qualified. To join the Discord, all you need to do is go to discord.rollforcombat.com. And that's it. And you've joined. What is Discord, you may ask? Well, it's kind of like an online chat board, sort of a mixture of 
lots of social media. The other thing nice about it is that we put on all the images from all the shows, so you can actually follow along with the podcast. You can actually see the same maps, see the same pictures, and we put on stats and other blocks of information to help you follow along. So definitely check that out. And finally, if any of you guys have any questions about the Starfinder Society content that's coming, feel free to hit me up in Discord and ask me. But once again, we're planning on doing this every like four to six weeks. We're going to be running new characters specifically built for Starfinder Society. We are going to be running the main campaign of Scoured Stars, which is the big Starfinder campaign. And we're going to be doing those adventures. We're going to run with this core six for now. We might get new people, swap people in and out because that's what Starfinder Society is all about. And we'll be posting these podcasts along with the existing ones. So you don't need to do anything to follow along. You just need to listen to the podcast and you'll automatically be subscribed to them. Also, if you're going to PaizoCon, please hit us up. We're all going to be there. If you want to come by and say hi, everyone from Roll for Combat is going to be there. Also check out the site. We have some brand new t-shirts, one for every character, including a few extras. Also, don't forget, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Discord. You name it. You can follow us there. We also have a Patreon. We just put up a whole bunch of new images. Got a little behind. Sorry about that, guys, who follow us. But we caught up, and we're going to be putting up some new content. And I have a really cool new interview coming up in a few weeks. I'm actually going to go interview these people tomorrow. This actually is a rare case where I actually have to go to them. It's not going to be on the show, which means you guys are going to have something really special coming up. But with that, I guess I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good week. Talk to you later. See ya. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Starfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. Or drop us a line at contact at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Discord, and other social media platforms. been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember Rusty Carter's motto, I don't like pain, it hurts me.